You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. With me, Laura Broderick. You know, so I'm at home, off work, stressed out, tired, looking at my child thinking, what am I going to do to balance life? I still need to make a living. I need to, I want to be a productive person. And this advert comes on and I literally write the number down and go, that will work. I found my vocation by accident. I'm Colette Thomas and uh, for 15 years I've been an Ofsted registered childminder and I'm presently exploring my options as an early years practitioner. Okay, so for this podcast we're in the home of Colette Thomas. Um, Colette, thank you for, for welcoming us into your home. Pleasure. I always love sitting at your kitchen table. It feels like really like settled and calm for me. So thank you. Here I am. Um, so yes, just to introduce the context of the episode for our listeners. Yeah. Um, you're a childminder, or you've just recently come out of the profession of childminding. That's right. Um, but that's how we know each other. Yes. Because you looked after my daughter for two and a half years. I worked out earlier on. So. From her being the age of one to three and a half. That's right. Yeah, she's now five and a half. So it was a while ago. I know. She left your beautiful care in your home. And, but we've kept in touch. Yes. We don't see each other a lot. Not not, not, not as much as we used to. Exactly. It used to be a couple of days a week before. Yeah, but now we've kind of maintained contact. We see each other sometimes with the kids. Sometimes we bump into each other in the street. That's that type right. Of thing. So it's just lovely to know that... You're still part of our lives. Still in, I'm, I'm still local. You are still local and everyone needs a, a local Colette, I think. Thank you. <laughs> um, the reason I really wanted to interview you today, because I think you've got lots of different experience as a mother and also a grandmother. That's right. Um, that's relevant to the podcast and our listeners. Um, but you've also been a childminder, so you've actually absorbed some of the experiences of the parents that have come through your, your home. And I thought it might be quite interesting to get a bit of a take on that as well at some stage in the interview process okay um but let's talk about you because you're the most important person for now so let's do that first um so tell me a bit about your career journey and why you chose to be a childminder and what you're up to now um so my journey is I currently have my son's now 24 years old Mm -hmm. he's still living at home with me And as you mentioned, you touched on, I have a grandson who is now six years old as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, what made me come into childcare was I previously was working in the public relations field. I was working for an international pharmaceutical public relations agency. Mm-hmm. And at the time when I started, I graduated from university. And uh, the, when I started, my son was about six or seven years old. Mm. And I had, you know, all the hopes and dreams of, you know, going finishing university starting this career in public relations which I I really enjoyed Mm. and um, having my son and he was going to school and he was in after school club and everything was pretty much ticking along initially and as the demands of the job grew so when I say demands I mean longer hours Mm. longer days um, it just ended up not quite fitting in with my obligations as a single parent okay to number one drop my son off at school yeah to to pick him up from school yeah uh, or to pick him up from after school club because sometimes my job would require that we'd have clients yeah and we would entertain them and that meant out of work evening work evening work etc and I didn't have 
the extended family support that could maybe have accommodated that mm. so I tended to try and juggle lots of informal types of childcare okay. to balance that and it got to a point where it became stressful I can imagine and yeah. it, and it, it kind of started to knock my confidence because mm. I wouldn't be able to keep I couldn't necessarily keep up with what everyone else at work was doing and my son became quite unhappy Mm. and it became it it basically grew into something where at school he was misbehaving okay on a regular basis Mm. to where it was the main concern of school Mm. and I kind of equated his behavior with how busy I was as a single parent Mm. so I like I mean it would just get home get 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 a wash yeah have some food please go to sleep, wake up in the morning. As a single parent, mm. I was the only person. Mm. So if that person's continually busy trying to, yeah. you know, get things done yeah. and you're not getting the time. so And then on the weekend, being so tired yeah. or trying to catch up on shopping, cooking, cleaning yeah. and all the rest of it, get to Sunday and all you're thinking is, we've got to do this all over again. Yeah, the week begins soon. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So after the best part of two years it became apparent that this was stressful. My son's behaviour was getting worse and worse and worse. And the school were getting to a point where they were saying, look, we don't really think we'd be able to keep him in school. And for somebody to hear that about an eight-year-old, you just think, I've got to do something. Um, So what I did do, it was an accident. I didn't plan to be a childminder. It was a complete accident. I'd taken some week time off work. I'd taken two weeks off. Okay just to have a break just to think what am I going to do really tired and feeling quite stressed out Mm. and burnt out as well and in the time that I was off there was a advert advertisement on tv you know those government adverts that you see these days like a recruitment drive yeah we need more teachers look at this teacher look at this science um, experiment it's going really well it's because of you you (laughs) you need to be that teacher well they did something like that for childminders it must have been a good one it was a good one (laughs) but it's amazing what can happen you know so Mm. i'm at home off work stressed out tired looking at my child thinking what am I going to do to balance yeah. life I still need to bring it make a living I need mm. to I mean I want to be a productive person mm. as well yeah that was important yeah and this advert comes on and I literally to write the number down and go that will work yeah I'll just stay like at home and look yeah. after other people's children while I work on mine yeah get him sorted out yeah maybe spend a year or two doing that could still earn a living. Yeah. I'm all right with kids. Job done. Rang the number. <laughs> here I am. And that was, what, 15 years ago? I registered. I got ago. registered in 2003. 2003. So okay. 2003 would almost be 16 years ago yeah. I was registered. And I think I started that process about 2002. Because okay. it took me about a year before I got I was going to say, you would have had registered. to do courses training and, and making sure it. your home was that's and were you in, in this flat then? i was in this flat okay <laughs> so this is this is the birthplace and the consistency of childminding service yeah okay okay so how many kids along with nick and i'm saying nick jay and jay's your son yes nick's your grandson how many children did you initially care for alongside jay ah well basically it at that time the registration ratio requirements from Ofsted Mm. were different to they are now so back then I could only look after 
three children mm. based on the amount of space I had in my flat. Okay. So I only ever had three children. Whereas okay. now, mm. the ratios have stretched. You yeah. can have three children under the age of five. I remember that. And this. you can have yeah. three children over the age of yeah. five. So I can have three three-year-olds. Yeah. And I can have three six-year-olds from school. Now. That sounds pretty, like, <laughs> nightmarish if you ask me. I tried it. <laughs> yeah. I've tried it. It, it, it works but so back then yes let's go jump the back ratios then. were different mm. okay and so if i had a child from school who was six and i had two two-year-olds mm. that was it that was all i could do and mm. that made sense to me because yeah. it was just a small flat i yeah. had my son anyway yeah and that's how i started so i started with having no more than three children and my son who was going to school and Within a month of me leaving my job, mm. my son's school said his behaviour had improved by 90%. Oh, that's amazing. That's what you wanted, right? So that's mm. what I wanted. And that's mm. why I made that mm. decision and made yep. the change because yep. I believed that our lifestyle was just basically having an effect on him. Yep. And he was, ex- as a child, he was expressing it through yeah, his behaviour. Yep. And to just confirm that, the mm. school within a month had said it improved by 90%. Wow. So then Therefore, I was vindicated. Yeah, I was like, I've done the right done thing. The right thing exactly. This is fine. We'll just carry on. Make sure he's happy. School's yeah. happy. I am happy. Yeah. And so, so it was yeah. a really... Uh, so for me, the job meant, as a childminder, yeah. meant a lot. Because it 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 became the solution yeah. to my problem which was I wanted to have an income I wanted to still feel productive I wanted my son so to be happy. happy so I was I really from so I always child-minded from the basis of being ever so content with my yeah. job so then you said your intention was you know maybe a year or two of child-minding is a kind of interim measure try out something new get your home life happy again yeah. readdress the balance for you and for your son and see how that flowed how did it then becoming an intention of one to two years to 15, 16 years? What did you just enjoy That's the process? That's a really good, pro- uh, really good question. I started to really enjoy the yeah. job. Because you started to very good at the job. I started to re- I, and I started to see where mm. I had, mm. I could be of value to the role. Mm. I loved the children. Mm. I genuinely just fell in love with the job yeah I found my vocation by yeah. accident yeah that's all right yeah you're allowed to find things that's by accident. Right. yeah and then I realized you know I said I said that's this mm. is what really helped to grow me as a as a as a child carer and to grow me as as in really enjoying my role and feeling productive mm. so I started to reach out to childminder groups so there mm. used to be a lot of drop-ins where child minds would come together with the yeah. children that they look after and we do activities outdoors mm. you know a lot of provision would be done by children's centers and the yeah. Local authority, and so you, then you had your social network, mm. and that was like great. Which is something we touched upon a little bit with the. We've been doing other interviews today, and yes. we were talking to some women who are freelancers, and they were saying you don't always have that benchmark of what other people are doing at your level. You know, you don't have that kind of colleague network. That's it. Or we hadn't talked about it as a social thing, but mm. obviously, the social aspect is key to a lot of people being happy at work as well so you had this network of other childminders who you could go to groups with 
exchange ideas with that's it and that worked for you definitely and mm. the children were engaging with other kids and they mm. were getting access to different toys different resources and different resources and then yeah. you'd see them flourish and it was always nice when people say oh look your one's yeah, really coming yeah, on you, yeah, you know yeah. you'd, you'd think oh yes you've noticed he used to bash other kids on the that's head it. and now he, look and now I'm look sat with a book and yeah okay yeah. <laughs> exactly so okay. that really it, it helped a lot and then there were groups that you could go to so I became part of like the Lamb of Childminding Association mm. so then becoming part of the, the association meant that you were able to have adult conversations yeah. about your job and not professional just, development and professional development and training and all that exciting yeah. stuff so now you know the whole mm. picture is being painted yeah and I basically had a really good work-life balance happening yeah. and I just grew professionally like you said you mm. my continue professional development training I grew it that way and you got involved with now forgive me if I don't know the full name Pacey the yes that's right go on you're gonna have to the professional association with childcare in early years yes exactly and you did case studies with them I and did. you obviously pushed yourself I in did. your role it wasn't just about immediate good quality childcare in the here and now you wanted the profession to be seen as a good profession yes. and to you know raise its game and that's right be promoted yeah and, I thought yeah. it was important that you know the role of a childminder had has the potential to deliver so much. Mm. Honestly, to, to I mean, technically, you're an early years educator, mm. you're an early years teacher, mm. and with you know extra training mm. that can produce so many good results, especially yeah. because you're working in small groups. Yeah, yeah. And I thought as well that um, the perception of childminding was that you know you just fed children cheese and beans on toast. Mm. And they watch telly yeah, that's all what day. The parents do. Yeah, <laughs> no, they don't, Laura. <laughs> well, but, you know, that, but, that, that, uh, for us, it, yeah. it kind of. So I wanted to kind of, you know, blast that perception mm. that you know it was professional. We yeah. were, you know, just as good as a nursery. We mm. got trained, we got qualified, yeah, and we could deliver exactly what the government set out in the early years foundation mm. stage, which became statutory for us mm. in 2008 mm. which was a game changer again mm. because once you've got a statute behind something mm. and Ofsted's inspecting you on the basis of what are what you're supposed to be delivering legally okay then it made sense that of course childminders need to be recognized as early as professionals yeah. and childcare professionals because the government said we also have to follow your Ofsted rules and regulations uh, and, and the earliest foundation yeah. states yeah. that the nursery does and yeah. um, nursery schools do we had, mm. we were expected to deliver exactly mm. the same thing and yeah. we were being inspected on it mm. so uh, for me it encouraged me to mm. really say look this is a professional job and it needs to be recognised as such um, I don't know enough about the background of childminders normally but I imagine there's a whole mix like some people do it quite early on in their careers some people do it like you they come to it having done something else first or by accident yes, even yeah. and, and so you probably get a whole spectrum of people most definitely yeah okay but that's yeah that's interesting yeah see who comes into it and what they bring to it but I think all that following the frameworks the early years frameworks you quite enjoyed doing that didn't I you? really enjoyed yeah, it you loved all that this is the different learning themes and yes. the development milestones. And I suppose maybe having worked in PR, I know it's completely different, but you would have had to write reports and do That's all right. of that. Yes, and press releases yeah, and stuff like whereas that. Yeah, maybe other people hadn't done that previously, That's didn't true. have that experience to draw. And I don't know, I'm just No, it's very true. And so and I, I think my, mm. my previous experience did really in, mm. enable me to 
you know do push push myself a bit more yeah so i became part of the lamb of childminding association i did eventually become the newsletter editor to that association (laughs) and sending the newsletters out to all the childminders in lambeth and putting on agms and annual fun days and working with the local authority excuse me working with the local authority to deliver a lot of the government programs that they were being funded to do so when it came to things like uh, childminders there was a general campaign that childminders should receive uh, achieve minimum level three Mm. um in early years that was something that i ran with so i've got my level three as well Mm. and then the government at that time uh, in the, the Childcare Workforce Development Council had mm. had this pot of funding that enabled people to become leaders in their in their practice. Okay, and therefore they had these leadership programs, yeah. postgraduate programs for people who had a degree, yeah. or they had graduate programs for people to obtain a yeah. degree. Yeah. So I tapped into some of that funding as Excellent. well. Having had a degree already, I yeah. then did a postgraduate yeah. in early years in leadership. Yeah. And I did that as well to complement my role within the organisation of Lambert Childmind Association and also PACE. Yeah, and how so, old was your son at this point then? When so were you by doing the time the I did that around... So by, by the... I, but around 2007, I did my level three. And I think around that time, my son would have probably been about 12 or 13. Okay, okay. When I started really getting serious about... Um, continuing my education yeah. in the field of childcare. Because my mum did her master's, like, so obviously continuing her education when I was probably about 10 or 11, you yeah. know, whereas obviously nowadays people often do their postgrads or have you, before they even think about kids, right? That's right, that's true. So maybe there is this thing of like, well, why should you feel you have to stop learning and developing and getting those qualifications as a parent and you did it right it probably was a bit stressful another layer of it was because i was doing the voluntary i was volunteering so my roles on the the um childminding association and also with pacey they're all voluntary Mm. uh so which i was very happy to do that that's that that was exactly what i wanted Mm. so they're all voluntary and they 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 kept there were opportunities there Mm. that not just for me to develop I really believe that the more developed you were as a professional Mm. the more benefits that were were able to be passed on to the children and the parents in general and that did translate because then in 2011 Mm. I got my first Ofsted outstanding (laughs) (laughs) and then got reinspected in 2016 and got another outstanding yeah. and i believe that i had just grown also you had and rowan got better oh rowan was <laughs> rowan <laughs> your lovely daughter got me that outstanding or didn't she say something really like the inspector, to the inspector was but... sitting in the living room just observing everything <laughs> and she whispered to me your little one whispered to me what's her name what's her name so I said oh her name is what mm-hmm. her name is and she went over to the Ofsted inspector and said you haven't looked in the bedroom you haven't looked in the bedroom you haven't seen where we all sleep <laughs> you need to come and see this and took the inspector on her own from the living yeah. room to the bedroom to show the inspector this is where we sleep yeah and chucked her teddy in and said and that's the teddy that I sleep with look <laughs> 
And the inspector was blown away because what she said is mm. that the children were happy, yeah. confident. Yeah, confident learners. Confident learners, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And able to basically mm. engage with a, an adult they don't know yeah, yeah. in a really fluent way. Mm. Outstanding. <laughs> so when you get your OBE or whatever it that is. Too, I would credit it to a, 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 probably at the time barely three-year-old who was like don't worry Colette I've got this for you we're going to get this outstanding because this woman hasn't even seen what you're doing <laughs> oh, this is and brilliant. it was perfect it, yeah. it, it really did if I, if, I had, if I wasn't getting an outstanding before I was for that that's so funny and that's actually a real oh, story I know I remember you te- I couldn't remember the detail of it but I do remember you telling me about that happening so having had this 15 years career in childminding, grown with it, developed in it, helped the profession of childminding as well, what, what, where are you at now? You're now exploring new things. I so am exploring new things. Tell me about this things. transition because this podcast is about navigating. Yes, you know? so it is. You're it navigating is. not as a recent maternity returnee, but you're navigating well, as it's a quite mom funny and a because still. as I've reflected on my time of childminding, I did kind of make a joke to myself that I have been on a fifteen year maternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been looking after with children, lots of children. With lots of different children. <laughs> so I kind of laughed at myself thinking it does feel a bit like I've had fifteen years of maternity leave. Mm. But that was just my running joke to myself. Yeah. And um I think what had happened to me is in the last few years the my dynamics started to change really. Okay. I think I had enjoyed the other side of being a child I liked child minding mm. I felt sat- settled in that mm. and then the other things I did which with the child minding association and Pacey when those things dried up mm. so they began to dry up because obviously funding changed expectations changed and yeah. um, and the focus on mm. early years started to deviate towards a 30 hours delivery yeah oh my goodness yes okay yes so then it meant the 30 hours started to when they, when they started to do the pilot i think they did the 30 hours pilot in 2016 2017 yeah. i started to think what does that mean to me mm. what does that mean to me delivering childcare from home so just to clarify this was when it was introduced that Every child from the age of three, is that correct? Yes. Could get, we're entitled to 30 hours free childcare. As long as one of the parents was working. working. And within term times, it wasn't holiday times, because I remember Rowan got access to the 30 hours as well, but it was... It wasn't in school. I think it was times. expected that parents would be able to juggle it. Yeah. So you could use it for term mm. time. And then maybe if you had some spare hours, okay. additional hours, then you could use it for, you know, alternative forms okay. of childcare. I think. But don't quote me on that. No. So again, <clears throat> genuinely, the 30 hours made me start to think, mm. well, how does that look to me? How mm. I'm, that's my competition. Mm. And how do I, how am I going to stay sustainable mm. trying to, deli- to, to deliver that? Mm. And that's when I started to think differently about mm. what I was doing. Mm. And also, again, a lot of the voluntary stuff dried up because of funding. So, yeah. for example, Pacey used to do regional meetings. Yeah. So we'd have London meetings and they would be funded and yeah. those dried up. 
public sector funding was changing. Yeah, and, so one yeah. o'clock clubs dried up oh where we goodness, would meet up. Mm. So then also children's mm. centres remits changed. They didn't do a childminder dropping they anymore. They all merged. They all they merged. So, yeah. They didn't have a dedicated children's centre teacher to support us. So somebody who was mm. you know free to go and do a lot more research than we were able mm. to do and bring that information back and do sessions around it. Yeah. That dried up. And I started to have a sense mm. of, for the first time, mm. of isolation. Mm. I started to think, oh, mm. where, am I, where are we going to go? Yeah, where's where, my network? Where's my network? Mm. And so it began to, those other environmental mm. factors started to have an effect on how I thought, thought and how I saw what I was doing. Okay. Including the 30 hours. So <clears throat> I think I've just got to a point where I wasn't, I wasn't really sure what I should do with what I was thinking. Okay. So I kind of sat on it for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, and then uh, still, you want to, you know, when you do a bit of self-reflection, you think, well, am I enjoying this? Is, is this still what I want to do? Yeah. And the answer to that was, yes, I'm still passionate about children. I, I, I don't know how to be any other way. That's, they're naturally, that's naturally what I, I, I do. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes people see me without children who walk past me because it's like, it's not you about kids yeah, 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 you know yeah. you, you're, you're hanging off your skirt hanging off your skirt yeah. and I love that mm. and I mean I remember you know people would see me with like my my, my United Nations rainbow colour of children yeah. and some people you know ask are they your kids and I'd be like yeah they are mine until yeah. six o'clock so it was a really genuine thought process yeah. of like what's this feeling I'm getting yeah. what does it mean because I love what I do they're, yeah. they're my kids until six o'clock why yeah. wouldn't I want to look after them and um, it just got to a point where I realised that maybe I just needed to do something else. Okay. Maybe I needed a bit more. Mm. And I always said to myself that I would stay true because I really, mm. I believe in the influence that people have with children. Mm. And I always wanted it, it to be a positive one. Mm. I didn't want to not full heart, wholeheartedly be mm. involved in, in, and engaged in my job. Yeah. And it also, in that time, in the last couple of years, what came back to mm. me is, you remember you wasn't going to do this job for that long <laughs> <laughs> that one or two years you know that one or two years so it was like oh yeah so you wasn't meant to but I genuinely enjoyed it and mm. then what kind of stretched out the time period of me doing child mining is my grandson came along mm-hmm. six years ago yeah and I had a teenage son mm. that looked well that was you know a rabbit in the headlights with mm. this baby yeah and I thought he's young mm. um I've got to. I, I need to be here to to support him through early early parenting. So some of those initial reasons, although the context is different, of you getting into childminding to support your own family, yes, was very true. Again, you were absolutely true again. Childminding to give flexibility to support your own family again. Absolutely true. Didn't yeah. look it. I didn't look at it that way. Yeah. But yes, that's what happened again. Mm. So. Then what happened is once mm. my grandson turned five and was in school full time, yeah, I yeah. had that moment again. It's like, okay, so we stayed mm. in it longer. We haven't, we, we haven't sort of like branched out as yeah. we thought, you know, and so that, that all came back again. Yeah. So I just acknowledged it. I thought, right, you've acknowledged that yeah. your time period is, is over, yeah. that you would like to still be involved with children, especially children and working with parents. Yeah. And it would be a whole waste of all that knowledge and experience to just be thrown away because you've yeah. closed your door on childminding. Yeah. Explore other opportunities. Fab. And that's where I'm at now. And how do you feel about that? 
I'm really excited about the future because mm-hmm. um, I basically have been having, over the years, especially recent times, mm. I explored ad hoc childcare. Mm. So providing sort of like pop-up childcare services mm. whereby if I had three days yeah. and there was maybe a mum on maternity leave and yeah. she had some things to do, yeah. that she could basically buy an hour or half day to you know have some childcare, but it was non-committal in that you know it wasn't non-monthly payments nothing like yeah yeah. so i basically explored that for two Mm. years providing ad hoc childcare for Mm. freelancers yeah um for mums on maternity leave wanting to have it having a rest and i felt that that was an area i'd like to look into a bit more well we've been talking about that today um so we interviewed a business owner who's transitioning back in to work as partners taking paternity leave and just the planning of time and how you don't always know exactly what you're going to need in terms of childcare and thinking that through and yeah so I think there's definitely a model there to be explored yes mm. so that's that so that's some of my thinking as well yeah and also um be basically getting out the house yeah you know because a lot of my work is based is home-based yeah. although we do go out as much as possible yeah yeah so often we went out on a daily basis um, so I did, and I again about engagement and mm. being able to socialise with other people on a bit more of a regular basis. Yeah. So I've looked at basically doing um, some work in some in schools as well. Okay. Maybe in a teaching assistant yeah. capacity as well, just to get out there, still work with children, but to be with other adults as well, other professionals, and to have some variety, and have some variety. Yeah. That's so. genuinely something else I'd like to do. Oh. It's exciting. And yeah. you also make bags, right, Claire? I also make bags <laughs> just to keep myself occupied and focused. So I um, I started the hobby um, a few years ago. I genuinely knew that I was a busy person or mm. I like to be busy, yeah. have something to do. And I had a family of people who sewed. My grandma sewed, my uncles, my mum's brothers and my mum sewed. And I thought, hang on a minute, no mm. one taught me how to sew. Yeah. So I hopped off to our local supermarket, yeah. bought a cheap sewing machine and basically started to make bags as gifts for friends. Mm. And the feedback was, these are really good. You could sell these. And yeah. I thought, all right then, why not? My mum bought one. Yes. My friend Mary Thank bought you one. for your custom. Referral <laughs> <laughs> charge, yeah. So that's what happened. So I enjoy the bags mm. because, again, it gives me something to do. I feel productive. It's good to have a creative outlet anyhow, I, I love think. having a creative outlet. Mm. And you know what made also made me want to make something or you know get a hobby is because over the years I'm not I didn't class myself as artistic Mm. but over the years you know paints and play-doh and being creative with the children was a must yeah you are Uh, creative well I it it grew through the children (laughs) yeah it was like I want to make a spider today it's like yeah okay let's make it happen out of bananas we've got bananas in the house you know let's make some so and and cakes and you know but basically trying to you know be creative Mm. with Mm. you know and really stimulate children's learning Mm. through having interesting things that they produce yeah yeah and um, so I've looked at that side of my job and really thought that was something that I didn't know was there. It mm. came out through the work. And I genuinely mm. thought, yeah, laying off, do, doing mm. activities for children that grows them naturally, mm. organically. Yeah. Doing something fun is always a good way to learn stuff. Yeah. And we did a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> loads of stuff. Loads of creative stuff. Ro used to eat the Play-Doh, though, didn't she? She did, but we did yeah. make it out of flour, water and salt, so it's fine. Fine, that's fine, that's all right. <laughs> so it's a new phase. Yeah. Um, you sound 
fired up though it sounds like it's a good place to be in um bit of nerves as well a little bit of nerves about the unknown i mean Mm -hmm. who stops a a a very successful Mm. business i had people i was really honestly fortunate yeah you were turning people away i was turning it turning people away and i i didn't see that as a small thing no i really felt that i'd managed to do what i wanted which was to provide peace of mind childcare mm. of good quality mm. because I appreciated that it's not cheap mm. and I thought that I would be in a dis- doing a disservice to the children and their parents if something that isn't cheap mm. was not being done to the best of that person's mm. ability so I always wanted to provide nice food mm. nice activities you know yeah. go to the transport museum or the museum jump on the bus it was you know I really mm. wanted the children's experience to be worthwhile mm. that they while they were in my care that they were really growing and being nurtured yeah. and that parents still felt that yes I'm not this is not the cheapest thing I could pay for Mm. but I do feel like I'm getting my money's worth that was also very important to me yeah it was always something that sat in the back of my mind sort of like you know you you, this is a you're being paid well for this you should do it well well, and you had passion about the job so of course you're going to want to do it properly and do it to a high standard and I thought I I genuinely thought that was what should be done yeah so it is a it, there is nerves with that because you've got this successful model. Yes. So people could be like, well, why are you changing something that worked? That worked, yeah. <laughs> but you're ready for a change. I am. Yeah. And I think people listening will be at a point of change as well, you know, whether it's because they're on maternity leave or they've just gone back to work or they're listening out of interest of just exploring career options and thinking about how mums and other parents and carers have balanced all of that so I think it's really interesting as we're all exploring change and decisions in our work-life balance to to hear your story thank you and we'll want to know more but something that I found interesting about you or I'm a bit nosy about I have to say is you've obviously seen a lot of parents through come through the doors right so different personalities ways of doing things ways of communicating with you and with the kids and obviously some of that the professional wall yes the professional wall <laughs> we won't go into too much detail about but you've obviously seen, seen mums at that point especially first time mums because yes. Rowan is my eldest so the first time I left her was no actually I she'd been at a child a child centre a children's centre in North London for two months before she came into your care yes because we only moved to South London when she'd already turned one yes so she wasn't you weren't the first childcare provider that I left her with but you were the first more stable childcare provider I left with yeah I think I cried on you a few times that's fine Mm -hmm. I think the first time was on my way to meet you and I fell in the rain that's right with Rowan in the sling and I bashed her head I know oh (laughs) oh my goodness so you'd not met me before I turned up on your doorstep with the child in the sling both of us crying I think yes so I've child- cried on you then. I have cried on you, I think, maybe at least once or twice after that. I think once when I was telling you about me trying to work out my arrangements for going back to That's work. That's right, And feeling yes. quite anxious. Oh, yes. No, and I, I completely get it. About those conversations with an employer and working out what they're going to be... Ant- like, well, overly anticipating what they're going to say. Yes. Um, so probably putting some of that pressure on myself. But whoever was putting the pressure on, I was feeling it. Yes. And... I think I cried on you at that point. And I'm sure I've cried on you at another point. Um, 
Maybe. I feel like I've cried on you three times. So, obviously not all mums are like me and they don't all cry on the no, <laughs> children's but, child but it, is, it But it does, it, it does and did happen it doesn't, but often. Because you're seeing people in a very important it's very, phase. And vulnerable. A vulnerable phase. So I suppose on reflection, obviously there's a professional wall and I wouldn't ever ask you to disclose too much. But yes. is there something you feel like you've taken from that? Or Definitely. Like almost some common themes you've seen from parents, not just mums at those phases that you would almost like summarise or try and reassure people about or I don't know. I just sort of feel like you must have some really lovely insights into helping new mums really <laughs> yes I mean I, I I like to think I have a few um and I I totally understand it because mm. I understand that caring for your child is a, a, the most important thing sometimes mm. that to that person as well as you know satisfying their own personal needs mm. and all the other stuff that goes with it life mm. job all the rest of it so mm. I appreciate that mm. and I basically had my own moments of crying which is how I ended up in this job because yeah. I just couldn't do it I couldn't juggle it yeah so I'm coming first and foremost from a place where I understand that I've been mm. there yeah so when it comes when it happens it's I'm happy we to mm. see that I'm, it sounds a bit weird but I'm like good we're getting it out yeah good we get to have a chat with it and I feel really fortunate that I'm able to be part of that process mm. that somebody can cry on me or have a chat with me or just ask me anything. Yeah. And that's what I've, if what I've genuinely done, say for example, a parent has called and they're looking for childcare and I can't provide them with the mm. childcare space. I'm like, I really can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. I still, before they went, I always said to them, but when you do ring around, mm. always ask as many as questions, many questions yeah, I remember you saying because this. if somebody's not prepared to mm. answer those questions for mm. you or they feel uncomfortable because you've yeah. kind of started interrogating them yeah then then you're going to know more and more whether you feel comfortable to yeah. leave your child with that person mm. and the reason why it's important to ask a lot of questions is because you need to be able to have dialogue with that yeah, person yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's just, a lot of the time it's gonna be somebody you don't even know yeah and you're leaving your most precious possession yeah with a stranger yeah how's that working for you yeah you got to get to know them and yeah. i think that when you build that relationship on that basis mm. then you can express yourself when you need to yeah so i you know what i mean so yeah, i always yeah. encourage parents please ask lots of questions mm. and people say oh i don't really want to no it's mm. really important this is your child yeah and because i understand that, that peace of mind is something that you can't put a price mm. on knowing who you've knowing you mm. can how you can have a really good dialogue and mm. good communication with the person you're who's looking after your child whether they're in a nursery mm. the school teacher if that person's available to you then anything you're going through you can you've also got that person as a support system mm. and I think support systems having you know talked to mm. you about not having children centers and child minor drop-ins yeah. as a support system I, I understand that parents need a support system no matter how great or small the involvement mm. is yeah yeah and I think I suppose there's that level of advice, which is great for our listeners that, you know, ask questions when you're researching, when you're navigating your return to work and you're not also negotiating with work. Yes. You're visiting nurseries, meeting child minors, doing all that. So you're kind of doing both at the same time. Yes. Asking those questions of those childcare providers 
and not being scared to ask those questions. Not being scared is really important. And it sounds really obvious, but I suppose as a first-time parent who's maybe under pressure with all those worries about the return to work working out... Yes. ...then that might be something you wouldn't think to do. You'll just be like, no, have you got a place? That's it, yeah. But some people, <laughs> you know, some say, well, what do you do about behaviour? What's mm. your... What do, you, what, mm. what do you do if my child's misbehaving? Mm. So, I mean, because I've tended to be my mm. job is quite groundhog day mm. i do the same thing with all the children all the time so there aren't any sort of like where's your day and month calendar yeah yeah, 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 it's yeah. Not here. but um so so basically so i always mm. use the same techniques when it came to managing behavior yeah and then there were some days i was about to say managing parents so oh, like the same gosh. techniques for managing no parents. no well parents basically <laughs> i'm not the, the thing is when it came to managing parents it was always about being open yeah and listening yeah just be open be, listen yeah, yeah, yeah. and um and, and just just listen just be mm. open to listening mm. you know that was really all i could do because mm. i never knew what would come out Mm. i mean i've had various conversations Mm. with people about different things Mm. you know real different things and everyone's got different concerns and everybody's got different concerns so Mm. i mean not in within the child mind but i've had people say you know Mm. how do i get my child to eat i'm not getting Mm. them to eat properly this is just Mm. outside and yeah yeah. you know little concerns that are really troubling people my child's not really eating a lot um or, you know, people wanting to, again, have conversations with their boss, which I don't have any, I don't know, I don't work there. Yeah. But just being able to listen yeah. and say, well, what's your feeling? How do you feel? Yeah. You know, what, what, what's the next step for you? Just yeah. like I said, just having that support system. What do they call it? Active listening. Active listening. Yeah. That's the one. But yeah, so, you know, for parents, you know, first time parents, even mm. second time, because yeah. again, you're going through that process again. Yeah. Really, I think the, the, mm. the building that relationship, the foundation of that relationship, mm. is really important. Mm. And have you noticed any trends? I suppose with parents, like, do you think parents are under more pressure now? Yes. Yeah, there is a difference. Absolutely, definitely. So okay. I feel, or I don't know if they, I think it's coming out more that there's more pressure. Okay. And maybe I don't know. It's just coming out more that there's mm. there's more pressure. There's more pressure of going back to mm. who you were mm. versus where you're at now when now you've got a child okay or go or juggling a circumstance that worked for you we had just the one child yeah and now we've got number two yeah. and i've gone back with number two and number one yeah so that creates another dynamic as well yeah so i don't know if people are just talking about it more hopefully hopefully i've made people more, more comfortable i've yeah. maybe grown in my role to yeah. be a bit more sensitive yeah. and again doing better active listening that people yeah. are now really speaking about it a lot more mm. which is why i was so excited mm. when i heard about mother of all solutions and mm. what you, the work you were doing because i thought it was very timely because mm. people seem to be need to be able to talk about yeah what they were going through rather mm. than internalizing it all mm. and it kind of leading to people technically feeling like they couldn't cope yeah but do you think there are people are sort of feeling like they have to work longer hours or they have to do things differently or do you think it's it is just fundamentally people are expressing it more I think that people are expressing it more I think that that Mm. hasn't gone away I don't think that ever went anywhere Mm. you know people juggling hours they do and what kind of flexibility they want I don't think that's I think it's always been sort of like something that people have been have been working through anyway yes but I've noticed if you say that when you said to me have I noticed I've noticed people more vocal about it people actually 
having conversations yeah. with me about it. I'm like, oh wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people before work, can, can yeah. I have a chat with you? We need to sit down. I just want to have a chat with you about this thing here. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, okay, right. It's, it's, whereas people would just, maybe you could see something was up. A bottle it up. But they wouldn't mm. be talked about. They wouldn't say anything. Mm. And it was, and how I realised that is mm. I'm fortunate that I still have mm. contact with people, you know, who I used to work, whose children I used to look yeah, after, yeah, who yeah. are now in secondary school. Oh and goodness. I really appreciate yeah, 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 that. Because, yeah. again, I used to have this professional wall that, you know, mm. this is my job and this is what I do and this yeah. is I work within this remit of Ofsted and this is what I deliver mm. and these are the activities I do and that's it. Yeah. Whereas now I realise that it became much more of a vocation in that, yeah. no, I, I don't just have to... I, people know what my professional side is. We have a contract and yeah. this is how much I charge. But at the same time, there's a human side to it where it's like, okay, we can just... We, we can have a level conversation. Yeah, we can meet yeah, up for yeah. coffee if yeah, you're around. Yeah. And I... It, I We're in the same community. Yes, and, yeah. and mm. I started to open up more to mm. that side of things. So I just realised that people are talking about it more mm. and I thought that was... I think that's really healthy. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. Yes. <laughs> so, mother of all solutions. Yay! I salute you. I know. So, thank you, Clint. So, we've got some like nice stories and some nice advice from you. But um, I suppose you're, if you reflected on your career now, would you do anything differently? Oh, that's a big question. It isn't is it? a big. Qu- would I do anything differently? Sorry, I threw that at you, didn't I? Yes, it, um, I don't think I would, to be fair, because I was still a parent doing my own juggling. Mm. You know, I got you know my son was at primary school, then he moved on to secondary school, and then mm. he went on to college, and then I had my grandson, and mm. so because of how it fitted around my own family life, mm. and I. Uh, to this day, I've been very content with how things worked out. Mm. I wouldn't change anything. That's good. I wouldn't. This the, the job, I was always so grateful and humbled by the job, mm. genuinely. And I, I always will be. So, and, and I don't know if this is... I'm going through a time of hiatus where there's a, just a little gap and I'll come back to it. Mm. But I definitely... I'm not leaving on the basis that... You know, sometimes you can leave a job and you slam the door behind you and you rub your yeah. hands like, good riddance to that. Yeah, yeah. This isn't that situation. It's, it's just, an evolution. It's an evolution. So mm. I, I wouldn't change a thing. I've but I've really enjoyed the children. They've made me who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you can see all the different sparks and ideas. I just think no, that what it is, though, I, what I've, I've, children are just wired to be clever. Mm. And I yeah, love... What happens to us? I think just we just lose connection. It's depressing, really, it, isn't it? It can get that way. And so I've always enjoyed children in that respect because they're so wired up brilliantly yeah. to just ask the right questions. You yeah. know, their behaviour is just, you know, so free. Yeah, it's outrageous at it's times. It's outrageous at times, but they're just being who they... They're mm. just being who they are. Mm. And I, when I say, the you know, they're so intelligent, mm. they're so bright. And when you, I've observed children and I've not got bored of looking yeah. after them because I've just seen different mm. facets of children and behaviour yeah, yeah. that I've 
so much of it has just made me laugh. I really should have had a book. You of, need a memoir, actually. Yeah, I should have had a book of the things Is, that children or do you have said. Do memoirs, like after someone's died. No. Maybe. When do you? Try? <laughs> I don't but um, <laughs> kids have said some things that have just had me howling with laughter because they were just like, "Where did that come from?" And you're, and you're like, "You're two. Yeah. You're three. You know." And oh, I, I love how perceptive they are. You know, they can look at you and they're like, "Why did you wear green today?" And you're like, I don't know. There must have been some deep news. You, you wore green decisions. last week. So I did I wear this last week as well? <laughs> so I love that they're keeping an eye on what I'm wearing. And keeping you on your toes. Keeping me on my toes. Mm. And I really, there's so much to learn from children. And okay. you know, sometimes, we, again, what I learned is that you think that you're putting lots into them. Yeah. But they're also putting a lot out. Yeah. That. Yeah. I can learn from so I I am I'm one of the last people to dismiss an 18 month old Mm. who's just throwing a couple of bricks down the stairs and doesn't look like much is happening (laughs) they're just like this is cause and effect man yeah talk to Einstein (laughs) something's going on yeah that's fab and within that career path you've talked about those networks that were really precious to you and then when they dipped it kind of caused a change in you but has there been anyone in particular that's supported you because obviously you've had things to grapple with like being a single parent you talked about and so is there anyone that you've really had to reach out to like the way the kids have reached out to you or even us as parents have reached out to you like where have you gone for a inspiration or a role model or oh well interestingly because my son's grown up in the ho- that with this in the home, oh, this yeah, is with this, all the kids with around, all the kids around. Yeah. he's and because of the you know, especially when you want to talk about children and the parents, mm-hmm. it's a confidential situation, mm-hmm. so you don't really go out there and tell everybody yeah. how you're feeling sometimes. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I actually used to tell the parents, I was like, Well, yeah. just tell them, yeah. just talk to them. So the parents have been a massive support. Mm. For example, you know, no, the parents. So I actually learned to basically speak to the parents, mm. just have those conversations with the parents. This mm. is what I'm thinking. What do you think about that? Yeah. And I could run things past them. Yes, yeah, so that was like your colleague group. My in colleague some ways. group. So that's <laughs> what. Yeah, no, it was. It was my colleague group. So the parents have been really supportive, mm. really helpful, especially mm. in my role. Mm. And my son, because my son would be there in the background, mm. but observing things and helping me to pointing things out. Mm. Or, oh, such and such is starting to do that now. Have you noticed that, Mum? And I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true, he has. Yeah. So my son's been really instrumental in support, in, mm. as a, a support system. Mm. And I've really appreciated him. He's secretly been there in the background, <laughs> just sort of like taking it all in, but actually feeding back as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. obviously, you know, the child minds that I network with, sometimes, you know what it's like, you get a sort of like um, a, 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 a group of people that you connect with more than others yeah. so there'd be groups of child minders that we could connect with and I had um, one particular child minder she used to run she used to have assistants mm. and she would be a really good sounding board and she used to be quite involved with Pacey yeah. and she used to do Montessori practice oh, yeah, so I'd, work, yeah, I did a bit you? of Montessori mm. practice as well and that was mm. through another child minder who again we'd meet mm. up have a meal on a Wednesday night mm. and have a chat and talk so she was really supportive other child minders very supportive and children said to teachers and staff mm. have been amazing yeah i mean people at um st stephen's children's center yeah. i could really talk to them they helped yeah. me with my course that i was doing okay when i was doing the earliest um 
t- um, teacher qualification, they helped me. It was St Stephen's, the manager, yeah. the the staff there, they helped me with all of that and supported me a lot and the children as well. Fantastic. And also, I'm trying to think, the Liz Atkinson, mm. really supportive again. Mm. Um, we had to, you know, there's been a lot of children-centred teachers, which is why it kind of became a bit isolating yeah. because once that dynamic Change. changed, you didn't have your extended mm. support yeah. and influences. Mm. Um, so role models were basically parents because I saw them ba- doing all this balancing mm. and my son definitely and so a lot of the children's mm. centres I give them a lot of credit for being good brilliant role models especially because they were mm. doing it on a what larger scale than me but also mm. maintaining quality and enthusiasm mm. and that gave me something to work towards yeah and I sort of on reflection I'm feeling a little bit bad that I haven't got involved as much as I should in the Save Our Children Centre campaigns. I've kind of been arm's length involved. Don't worry, I was there. I know, but you you just forget, because I'm like, well, even if I am not using all those services all the time, my daughter's childminder is, and therefore that's an impact on my I did join in, and I did a couple of, you know, did I worked with um, certain local councillors as well to kind of push them to do something. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I suppose, you know, I always think, you know, on the positive side mm. the, the services may dwindle mm. and change but there we'll always find ways yes. and means yeah. Yeah. to get the services out, out there to get the provisions going mm. and so uh, you know people like um, that's why with LEAP you know yeah. I think is it the Lambeth Early Action Partnership yes yeah when LEAP when Lambeth won that bid mm. that was what a really important thing for Mm. the borough to have Mm. to be able to access that funding and be able to work with you know children and their families Mm. so for for Lambeth to be able to you know get that funding over I think you've got it for about 10 years Mm, I think yeah I think you're right yeah and you know all the stuff that's come out Mm. of that like food growing and the food initiatives the healthy eating and Mm. Um, I don't know, I haven't really been completely involved with LEAP, mm. but I've been able to even access some of the activities mm. they d- they've done. And yeah. So I think things like that, so although we might not have the children's centres the way we had them before, things like LEAP fill that gap. Yeah. And that's why I, I really, I, I just, I'm quite hopeful that something will happen. Mm. I just don't always know what. Mm. Yeah. Transition again. Transition again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Colette, it's been so lovely to talk to you Thank about you. some of these ideas and issues and find out more about your career journey and what you're going to do next. And whatever you do next, you'll do with passion and charm. And Thank you. It'll be amazing. So. Thank you so much. So just before we wrap up, um, we've been asking our interviewees to score their work-life balance. Um, so thinking about where you're at, obviously yes. it's quite hard for you at the minute because like, what are you scoring? Are you scoring... Yeah, well, we'll think about it. Yes. Five being, like, the top of the game, you know, everything's all peachy and swimming perfectly with the balance that you've got, and then one being sort of the lowest. Where Even where I am now, mm. it's a f- I definitely, what did you say, the, the five's the highest? Five, I'd say five because... Oh, my goodness. It's, a, it's amazing. <laughs> Through the job I do, looking after children, I the one thing I never expected is that I would meet such a variety of amazing people. Mm. Absolutely. One, I would never have probably had access to them had I not been looking after their children. Mm. 
and the sense of community that that's given me yeah. and belonging mm. you know because I'm quite a local person I've lived yeah, in Lambeth yeah. over 20 years mm. and so you know and having that wave when you're out yeah, oh, yeah, how yeah, are you yeah. um but I've met some people that I would never have met mm. had I not been ch- been childminding so the doors that childminding opened when it came to you know Oh, as much as an isolating job mm. you do meet a lot of people yeah. either we're through the children going out and stuff yeah, and having yeah. a reason to talk to another mum in the park yeah. or another dad in the park or grandma even yeah, or yeah, another yeah. child carer yeah. so children have opened doors for me that I honestly never expected mm. when it comes to being able to um meet new people mm. and form relationships mm. so it's definitely a five well which is fantastic and it's a bit like you started at the beginning saying your extended maternity leave and I think (laughs) in one of the earlier recordings of Mother of All Solutions I said the thing I've really enjoyed with maternity leave is that I'm meeting mums from different professions right whereas in your work life you meet normally the same trained people or the same type of professional within that stereotype or Mm. have you usually whereas obviously when you're thrown in to each other in the commonality as the children of course it's going to yeah, be a architects mix. and yeah. interior designers yeah. and you know gallery managers yeah you've had a few people through your doors haven't you graphic yeah. designers that wrong, doesn't it? no, no, through doors. <laughs> lots of people yeah graphic designers you know yeah. and nurses mm. and somebody nursery worker yeah a whole mix of people a whole mix through. of people cultures mm. and yeah. those children have been able to they've just brought so much to my mm. setting so and you know I've got very, a friend very who's grateful just qualified now as her as a child and she's just started taking on kids into awesome. her home and got all checks and training in place and everything now and she's come at, come at it from a point she was a model before I know so post having kids she wants to keep a flexible work life balance to be able to still support Luca yeah and child minding seemed to fit with her and there was a need within her community and I think that's great and oh that and I've, seen... I've always been an advocate for people to become child minders yeah. so even with the council they approached me last year and we did a video for the local authority they came and filmed me in my kitchen because you know yeah. this is where we are where we are we was in the in this kitchen yeah and so I to promote you know people coming into childcare from mm. you know all walks of life it's really important mm. you know yeah. so I've, I'm a big promoter of that and anybody who says I want to become a child mind I'm always like give me a call yeah. give me a ring talk to me talk get to me started. Yeah, get yeah. started it yeah. is a, it's really rewarding mm. and I think I didn't know what I was going into it just seemed to fit my requirements at the time yeah but then as I as as I've already said before as I started to grow in the role opportunities Mm. that I never saw within this 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 job Mm. just became more apparent and I was able to develop myself Mm. you know deliver the service that I I I really thought the children deserved yeah and yes just have have some fun along the way a lot of fun along the way good (laughs) and on that note it's Saturday night we should all go and have some fun right yeah Yeah. thank you (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you, Colette. You've been listening to Colette Thomas with me, Laura Broderick, on The Mother of All Solutions. You've been listening to The Mother of All Solutions. The Mother of All Solutions is produced and hosted by Laura Broderick and edited by me, Owen Waynehouse. Music for this episode is Night and Day by D. Yan Key, licensed under Creative Commons via the Free Music Archive.